Fucking <laughs> water broke my throat. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Mac Rommel. And today, we are once again going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. That's really what we've been covering when we haven't had guests. And it's kind of been too long, honestly, since we covered it. It's been a a week or two now, I think, since we had an episode on it. And a lot happens in these weeks. So that's our bad for not... um, uploading these NBA episodes and try and, you know, keep them kind of strictly NBA, maybe get a guest or here, we'll, two here, we'll see. But today we're talking about the NBA. We're going to cover the second round. We haven't really talked too much about that. We talked maybe briefly about some of the beginning games, but we haven't really covered the second round. So we're going to focus on that as well as the beginning of uh, this third round of the playoffs. We've obviously seen the Suns go up 2-0. They play game three tonight uh, in LA. So um don't know. We're filming this on a Thursday, a bit of an odd recording day for us, but nonetheless, you'll be seeing this on Saturday. So it will be uh, game four today for the Suns and game uh, three tomorrow for uh, the Hawks and the Bucks. But first, we're going to get started with the second round. And I think we can start with the series that really um, it's not too hard to talk about, kind of a quick one. And that's the Suns Nuggets. Obviously, we saw Phoenix sweep these Nuggets uh, with relative ease. I mean, it just seems like the Nuggets. They got through the first round. They were able to beat the Blazers. But right now, without Jamal Murray, um, they just weren't able to step up. And, and Michael Porter Jr., you know, he needed to have a big series. He played all right. But at the end of the day, um, you know, besides Jokic putting up ridiculous stats, they couldn't get the job done. Yep, of course, Suns won that, swept them pretty easily 4-0, 4 to nothing. But the Suns right now, it's looking like they're not going to be stopped really anytime soon. Their offense is too high-powered, and you're looking at game one. You have Jokic, as you said. He was the only player that went over 20 points for the Nuggets, and you're seeing that really game in and game out, except for those last two games where you had Monte Morris in game three, got 21, and then Will Barton had over 20 in game four. But game one, you're seeing all these guys, and it's really every series – Aiton, Booker, Paul, Bridges, they're having a game where all of them are going over 20. They're clicking on all cylinders, on all levels. They're making plays offensively. Their offense is too good to be stopped right now. But for the Nuggets, really outside of Jokic, as you said, he's been getting no help. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. The Nuggets going to this offseason, I think they have to put some talent around him, help him out for next season. Uh, But the Suns, they're too good right now. Their offense cannot be stopped. Yeah, I think Phoenix is, is in a really good spot, obviously up 2-0 when we're recording this. We'll talk about those two games in a bit. But, um, you know, looking at that Nuggets series, Chris Paul, player who hasn't played yet, looking to, I believe he'll be playing game three tonight in the uh, L.A. series. One of the best series I think he's ever had in the playoffs. I mean, this guy was really a difference maker for this team. I mean, he can do anything. He's one of the best floor generals ever to do it. A great defensive point guard as well. And he's just, you know, he's consistent. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get maybe 15 to 20 points, maybe more. You're going to get some good defense. You're going to get some assists, some rebounds. You'll get a little of everything. And you look at Devin Booker. This guy's unreal. He has achieved mm-hmm. stardom in these playoffs. Um, he is a rising superstar dating Kendall Jenner. I mean, the guy's got everything going for him at the moment, to be honest. Um, and then you look at DeAndre Aiden, you know, the young center. He had a, I believe he was suspended maybe the beginning of this year or last year for um, some sort of PED usage or whatnot. He's rebounded. He's been one of the better players on this team and, you know, better center centers in the playoffs. He's been consistent. He's been getting double doubles every game. And that's what you need. They have a good surrounding cast. Street Crowder has really evolved this season to be the guy that, you know, looking back on, you know, my Cavs, for instance, when we traded for him in that Kyrie Irving deal, 
this is the guy that they thought they might get or were be able to get. This is peak Jay Crowder. So really good series for them. And like you said, outside of Nicole Yoke, Nuggets weren't doing enough. The absence of Jamal Murray, you can just tell was affecting them. And, and they just weren't going to be able to beat the Phoenix Suns, who are a very good basketball team. Something that I underestimated severely, I'll admit. Phoenix, um, Rome, if you're watching this, your, your Suns are, are shocking a lot of people. <laughs> they really are. Rome is probably screaming over there. I know he went to get, go see game one of that, of uh, this series right now. So good things going for Rome, uh, for other fans. Not really, especially if you're playing the Suns, but I guess we go over to the um, next series I'm going to talk about, and this is the Clippers and the Jazz. Clipper, Clippers obviously came out. They won this 4-2. to two. Um, The Jazz, they came out those first two games. They were hot. They won. First game, they won 112-109. Paul and Paul, Paul George came up for 43 for the Clippers, but it was really Donovan Mitchell who was making the impact for the Jazz. He dropped 45, and you're seeing this really game in and game out. Game two, Jazz won again, 117-111. Uh, for the Clippers, Jackson, George, Kawhi all had over 20 points. And once again, Donovan Mitchell with 37, Jordan Clarkson at 24, Jazz shooting 8% better from the field and 15% better from the uh, three-point line. But then game three is where things really take a turn. Clippers destroy the Jazz, 132 to 116. Mitchell, 30. You're never going to doubt this kid. But Kawhi and George both go over 30. The offense of the Clippers right now is being it is playing very, very well with Kawhi and George. You're getting a lot of points out of them. You're having players like Jackson who are con- – or- eventually coming along and contributing. But the Clippers right now, they are playing very well, and they were good enough to pull out the series over the Jazz after those first two losses. Yeah, I mean, for the Clippers, like you said, they got off to a slow start. But, um, you know, one thing to point out, Ty Lu is one of the better coaches right now in the league coming back from, uh, you know, 2-0, 3-1. We saw him, obviously, in that uh, 2016 Cavs season. So Ty Lu knows what it's like to be down in a series, and, and he doesn't panic. He doesn't panic with pressure. And I think for, you know, Utah, they just missed a big opportunity here to really take advantage uh, in game three. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, that's one of the premier duos um, in the league. Kawhi played great. Obviously, though, game five, game six, Kawhi Leonard was not active. He's been injured since. Who knows when he's going to come back? I don't know if he'll play for the rest of the playoffs. But, you know, they weren't able to take advantage of it. You look at a guy like Paul George. He really stepped up and has been playing great in these playoffs. He's kind of erased those bubble, you know, pandemic P and, you know, all the you know, playoff P memes and, and all that. It's kind of faded this offseason. Obviously, he had the two missed free throws the other day. But like we said, we'll get into uh, the current series. But, you know, he's really stepped up in game six. I mean, this kid, Terrence, man, this dude, um, you know, they were down a bunch. And this kid, I mean, they come back hits every shot. I mean, they just started making shots with Clippers. I've never seen anything kind of like it. You look at that Utah Jazz. I mean, at the half, the Jazz were up 22 points, and all of a sudden, Clippers come back and win the game by 12. I mean, that's what a turn of events. And Terrence Mann really was leading the charge. But you look at guys like Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Reggie Jackson. I mean, this team is – it's a deep team. They've got a lot of talent. Avika Zubac has been good as well. So it's really going to be interesting to see. Obviously, they're down 2-0 right now. But regardless, speaking on this Utah series – it's a big series for them to win. And I think for the Jazz, I mean, you win those two games, you're up, you're in a really good spot. You obviously go down, but without Kawhi, you've got to capitalize. And I think it's just a real embarrassment. Rudy Gobert did not have a good series. You know, he's one of the players who people say is going to be playing in Shanghai next season, along with Chris Stops and Ben Simmons, who we'll get into in a, a little bit <laughs> here. But, you know, to, you know, he's got to be better. The, the defensive player of the year has got to play a little better and, and clearly um, – you know, Utah, I couldn't get it done. Mike Conley even came back and, and it wasn't enough. So Clippers, they're close, 
It's the closest they've ever been in a long, long time. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see your finals team doing well so far, but um, they are obviously down 2-0 right now. Yep, obviously down 2-0. Maybe they could turn things around. Maybe start down 2-0 once again. Maybe they'll come back and beat Rome's Phoenix Suns. We'll have to see <laughs> about that. Unlikely right now with how the Suns are playing. But, yeah, if you got players like, as you said, Terrence Mitchell, who's coming around, he's making plays. Man. All. Not, why did I say man? I was looking at Donovan Mitchell's name when I was reading that. Terrence Mann. I'm not making plays and all these other guys around Paul George. As you said, he came up and he's been stepping up, putting over 25 points really almost every single game. The Clippers, they can put, a, put up a fight against the Suns. Against the Suns right now, it's not looking good thus far. And I guess before we get into that biggest upset of, I guess, well, the biggest series upset, we could go and we could talk about, okay, I'm not answering that. Uh, I guess we're going to cut that out. <laughs> I knew the call was coming <laughs> There it is, Macarama, ladies and gentlemen. Let me send the text. Why don't you just mute your mic and I'll let you go. All right, well, well, Mac deals with whatever he's dealing with. We're going to advance here. We're going to go Bucks, Nets. I'll talk about this. Obviously, Milwaukee wins a very well-fought series. They go to seven games against Brooklyn, and they were able to pull it out. Obviously, we saw Kevin Durant have one of the best series of his career. I think he established himself in this series as the best player currently in the NBA. What a series. I mean, that game, I think it was game six. Maybe it was game five. Let me check real quick. No, it was game five. All-time great performance, 49-point triple-double, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean, that is one of the greatest games in NBA playoffs history. My Lord. James Harden was obviously banged up this entire series. He played towards the end, but he's never 100%. Kyrie Irving went down, I believe, game four, and uh, that really hurt him. Um, you could tell that this team was not the same with just Katie. And I think that game seven um, was something historic. We obviously saw Katie hit that shot. It was inches away from having a game winner, but it, instead it goes to OT. Um, Giannis, obviously a 40 point game there. Katie 48. I mean, what a series. This was probably one of the best series in the playoffs. I mean, this and the, the Hawks Sixers, which we'll talk about next two great series. Obviously though, Milwaukee was able to take advantage of the banged up nets. They were, and they played amazing. And you're speaking about the Bucks, a team that has been very good on defense, especially uh, really in this series. Only one game uh, that they won, they allowed the um, the next, excuse me, to get over 100 points, and that was in Game Seven. You look at the other games that they won, allowed 83 points, they allowed 96 points, they allowed 89 points, and they allowed obviously in that last win 111. But defensively, they played great during those wins, and that's what they needed. Giannis, he was leading the team game in and game out. And as you said, KD has been explosive. He took advantage in those last few games. In game five, he dropped 49 points. Game six, okay, my computer's glitching out, so excuse me for this. Okay, I think that is fixed. KD in game six had 32, and as you said, game seven, he exploded 48 points game seven the buck shot 12 percent better from three and i feel like a lot of these wins a lot of the teams that are winning these games in these series they're shooting much much better than the other team from three uh the bucks they played well and they deserved the series and upset the nets yeah i think you know with brooklyn it's gonna be one of those teams that you know we'll never know um you know maybe they'll be back next year they'll, they'll still have a lot of guys but you know, injuries happen, and, and we saw that. I mean, a lot of people thought the Nets would be that surefire thing. I mean, especially I remember they signed LaMarcus Aldridge after he was bought out, and we were talking about, you know, wow, this is going to be the team, you know, who's going to stop them? Maybe the Lakers. 
and you look all of a sudden and we're in the you know final four none of those teams are there it's pretty interesting to see what injuries can do to a team those two teams decimated you know Brooklyn Kevin Durant he though really what a series for his legacy in general I mean obviously they lost but that that's how you got to perform it I I know you know you look at like LeBron's like 2018 or I forget what year it was LeBron's playoff runs you can't discredit LeBron I don't want to hear oh we lost in the first round it's the first time he's ever lost in the first round and you've seen some of these teams that he's taken in the finals LeBron historically is obviously better than Kevin Durant and I don't think Kevin Durant can really do much to change about that but Kevin Durant is making his name right now top player in the NBA I think you know I think it's him um you look at that series that's that's an incredible performance against you know an MVP and Giannis and whatnot I mean they had no answer for him whatsoever so obviously the Bucks did pull it out but really really good series and very entertaining some of these games very, very, very entertaining. And now to another very, very, very entertaining series. The Hawks. Three varies, wow. <laughs> three varies versus the 76ers. The Hawks pulled it out four to three. I don't think anyone was really expecting this. Trey Young was a monster. Game one, 31, 35 points, excuse me. John Collins, 21. If Trey Young's playing well and dropping over 30 in some of these games, some of the other players on this team, you don't have to score 20 points if Trey Young is playing the way he is playing. You'll score 15 plus, and you're getting players like John Collins who are scoring plenty of points. You're having Seth Curry contribute. They are playing amazing offensively. And this series, it was really back and forth. You had the Hawks winning game one, 76ers game two, 76ers game three, Hawks game four, Hawks game five, 76ers game six, and it all comes down to game seven. Hawks pulled out, and Beaton Harris put up a good performance and they still were able to win. But going back to game five, I think that was really a turning point um, in the series where the Hawks won. They won 109 to 106. Trey Young had 39 points. But you look on the other side, Curry and Bede combined for 73 points. The rest of the team was not able to contribute the way you wanted to. You wanted them to. You're able to get some more contributors on the rest of the team in that game. The 76ers could pull that game out. They could win that game, and they could potentially have won the series. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start with game one before I get to, you know, the the mess of game five. Game one, you look at it, Atlanta played phenomenal. They shot 40-something percent from three. Trey Young played great. Bogdanovich played great. And, you know, you look at that, and, and obviously Philly came back towards the end, and it was close. And I, I remember talking to some of my Philly friends, and they're like, oh, look at what Atlanta did. They had to shoot over 50%, and they made 23-pointers. That's going to be an outlier, Sixers and five. The Hawks, you know, people have underestimated them these whole playoffs. Game two. Sixers comfortably won. So you're thinking, you know, you start to get the feeling like, okay, this is how that series is going to go. Game three, Sixers win by 16. All of a sudden you're like, okay, it really seems like the Sixers are going to come away with this. And then you go to game four. In game four, Hawks win by three. Another close game. Atlanta played good in the second half. So Philadelphia kind of started to collapse a little bit here. But it's still close. And then you get to game five. And this is in my opinion, one of the worst all-time collapses in the history of the NBA playoffs. They're up, I believe, 26 points at one point in this game. And they were up, I believe it was like 18 at the start of the, uh, it looks like it was 18 or so at the start of the fourth. In the second half of this game, the only players who made points were Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. That just cannot happen if you're going to win a game. I mean, this is an embarrassment of game. You're up 26 points with a chance to go up three games to two against the Hawks team. And instead, you lose. Trey Young obviously played great, dropped 39 points. The bench, Lou Williams came off, hit some big shots for them. 
But I mean, this team, and this is where Ben Simmons, this man attempted, like, I don't think he attempted a shot in the fourth quarter for the last four games or something like that and attempted like four or six in the whole series. I mean, it, it, his time in Philadelphia needs to be over. We'll get to the game seven mess in a second. Eight points in, in game five. I mean, dude, this is supposed to be their second star, and he's not doing anything. It doesn't matter that he's passing. It doesn't matter that he's rebounding. Ben Simmons, you know, you got to do something. And, and we saw that in game seven. I mean, game six, six was like pretty good. But game, yeah, I mean, game seven, it was a great game. But at the end of the day, Trey Young shot like four for 22, at, or at one point was four for 22, made a few shots at the end. Kevin Herter won this game. I mean, he had 27 points, was hitting everything, but you got to be able to guard this guy. I mean, when Trey Young has the worst game, arguably of his season potentially, and you can't win, that's a serious problem. And you look at that Ben Simmons playing, it just changed the game. You're up two, or the Hawks are up two. Ben Simmons has a wide open dunk and he passes it to Thibault and, and then they only get a point and then the Hawks go down, hit a three. I mean, it's a mess. Ben Simmons, no confidence whatsoever. We've seen that his confidence has been wiped. 100% needs a fresh start, whether that's in China or that's in another NBA team. I mean, I don't know at this point for Ben Simmons. He's a very talented player, one of the better defensive players in the league. But to me, I just think this Philadelphia process, whole thing, trust the process, I think that's over. You've trusted it for too many years. This was the year you had that open window. You didn't have any super teams left, really. And you were kind of on paper. You could have been one of the best teams. The absence of Danny Green clearly hurt them. I think if they had Danny Green, maybe the series goes different. And Bede gave it his all. But Ben Simmons, I mean, what an embarrassing performance. I think it's time to go. Five points in game four. I mean, game seven. I mean, that's you're supposed to be the second best player on the team. You're scoring five points. I can't happen. Oh, God, man. Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, man. I can't believe I forgot to bring that bum up right now. <laughs> you know what? Forget about it. Forget about it. Let's not even talk about that bum. We'll like, be playing in Shanghai next season. The Shanghai Sharks are awesome. With Kuzma, Porzingis, Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean, the whole gang really is going to be going yeah. there. But, man, that he, I think he'll be traded. We're obviously will be staying tuned to that this offseason and maybe, you know, sure. discussing that. Maybe we'll have some NBA insiders on to talk about what they think on Ben Simmons. So, um, obviously, stay tuned. We'll be covering that. But, um, Hey man, I think Ben Simmons is done. His days in Philly, his days in Philly are over. I may have not to agree. as a player, but he just needs to revamp. Yeah, exactly. And I guess with that, we can now move on to the final three games that we're going to be talking about. The final two series we're going to be talking about, of course, it is the conference finals. You have the Suns versus the Clippers, who are up two. Well, the Suns are up two to nothing, and then the Hawks versus the Bucks. Hawks are up one nothing. As Griffin said, Suns play tonight on Thursday. The Hawks and the Bucks are going. Wait, was it the Hawks and the Bucks that play tomorrow? I believe. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So perfect. Now that we have that figured out, I guess let's start off with the Suns versus the Clippers. Suns are up two to nothing. And as I said before, you have so many players on offense that cannot be stopped. Game one, Suns win 120 to 114. For the Clippers, you have Paul George and Jackson. They combine for 58 points, solid. But Booker, 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 he dropped 40 points. This monster of a man is an insane player on offense, clearly capable of leading the Suns to the NBA Finals, in my opinion, right now. Probably going to upset my pick of the Clippers, but I'm proud of the Suns right now. They shot 10% better from the field that game and made 100% of their shots from the line. They're capitalizing 
when they go to the line and they're shooting much better, as we're going to keep on saying, the Suns are winning because of their offense right now, not because of their defense. Game two, Suns went 104 to 103. Paul George led the Clippers with 26. And then you're seeing all these players come out again, Aiton, Booker, Payne. They combined for 73 points. Suns shot 5% better from the field. And in the paint, that's where they really won this game. They scored 60 points. Clippers only scored 30 in there. Uh, and the Suns were able to take away uh, the first two games of the series. We're going to have to see if this plays out. I mean, I'll start with game one. Game one um, was the Devin Booker show. He showed why he is, um, you know, arguably one of the best players left in these NBA playoffs, probably a top five guy. I mean, I think you got Giannis. You obviously, you know, Booker, Trey Young, Kawhi if he's healthy, and, and Paul George. So that's probably the top five guys left. Maybe Chris Paul you could throw in there too. Um, you know, he put on a show um, in game one. Um, 40-point triple-double. You know, what a, what a performance, and, and Aiden was good. And obviously, they're playing without Chris Paul right now, and they're winning, and that's huge. Um, but game two is what I want to focus on. Game two was uh, a very back-and-forth game. I mean, this was a fantastic game. And the Clippers were winning down the stretch, and, uh, you know, Paul George comes to the line. He's two free throws. I believe it's a, a one-point game for a Clippers. So they have a chance to make a three-point lead. And he misses both free throws. And, and, you know, Paul George had a great game before that, 26-6-6. and six. So you look at the stat sheet, and, and it's pretty good, but – you know, that's where, you know, those playoff moments and, and that's what he's going to be remembered for, unfortunately. You know, you look at all the good performances he's had in these NBA playoffs so far, those two missed free throws. I mean, that is what he's going to be remembered for. And then as DeAndre Aiden call, has called it and, and nicknamed it, the Valley Oop. Um, what a fantastic play. I mean, they dropped the play out of the huddle and uh, you get McCall Bridges, a wide open three. He obviously misses that and it goes out of bounds and you have uh, 0.8 or 0.9 seconds. Mm-hmm. And they, from the corner, very tough spot. Jay Crowder throws one of the best passes I've ever seen. And DeAndre Aiden is able to dunk it in. I mean, what a play. That is one of the best plays um, of the NBA playoffs, without any doubt. Um, I mean, that's a, a historic moment for the Phoenix Suns franchise. I mean, you look at this team and, and their successes and whatnot. I mean, you remember when Charles Barkley was in the finals against Michael Jordan and whatnot, and that team was great. Um, but that, to me, is one of the – this is now that, that Valley Oop, as they call it now, I guess it, it, that's going to be the name – um, that's one of the, that's a top three moment in, in franchise history for them, in my opinion. Um, that's a huge shot. And then that's huge for the series, for the team. And, and it completely changes things, especially with Chris Paul likely to return tonight, um, or game four, whenever he's scheduled to come back, I think it's game three. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it looks like Phoenix is going to be back in the finals, which is crazy, um, to think that this team last year, I mean, you saw it in the bubble, they went in, no, um, they really performed in the bubble, but you know, they were not a very good team last year, particularly. Um, and you obviously bring in Chris Paul, Booker, Aiden, continue to develop, McCall Bridges develops. I mean, they made some good moves. And, uh, you know, what a season it's been for them. And it's crazy to think that uh, Phoenix is going to be in the NBA Finals. But it's looking like it. And, uh, man, that, that, that play was spectacular. The best I've seen so far in these playoffs. Yep. Praise to the Phoenix Suns, a team that I know both of us were kind of joking around with earlier on in the season, making fun of Rome a little bit. And now we're kind of praising him about his right yeah. selection in the NBA uh, for his favorite team. But I guess now we can go to the Hawks versus Bucks. This is the final game we're going to be talking about today. And game one, well, the Hawks are obviously up one to nothing. The Hawks, they won 116 to 113. Obviously, a very, very close game. And it was once again the Trey Young show, this young stud who is now, for some reason, keep on, he keeps on getting made fun of on TikTok. I don't know why, but it's something I keep seeing every day. At least one Trey Young meme on TikTok making fun of him or either praising him, either or, but all Trey Young on TikTok right now. You have other players like John Collins contributing. 
15 rebounds. Clint Capella with 19 rebounds. On the other end for the Bucks, you have Giannis. He had 34 points, 12 rebounds. Drew Holiday, 33 points. Uh, so you're really getting a good contributor aside from Giannis, uh, at least in this game one. You look at the stats. The Hawks only shot better from, uh, by 3% from the field. They shot better from uh, by 3% from three. And they were able to capitalize a little bit better on free throws. They shot about 9% better. You look down rebounded uh the the hawks out rebounded the bucks by six so nothing really too different here but i really think trey young uh has been the key for the hawks and their success and we're gonna have to see if that can continue uh for the rest of the series yeah i think trey young and, and this atlanta hawks team has been the most doubted team i mean i think i remember when they're playing the knicks knicks fans thought it'd be an easy series they were saying knicks and five knicks and six and i was kind of thinking to myself and i put it in my bracket you know, the Hawks are a good team, man. I mean, this is a deep team. They run about a 9-10 rotation, and it's all very good players. I mean, you obviously have Trey Young, who yesterday, I mean, put up 48-11-7. I mean, that is uh, – 48.7-11, I guess. And that's incredible. I mean, what a performance from him. Um, I believe him – I think it was him, LeBron, and Kobe, or him, LeBron, and Jordan, the only players like 23 and younger or something like that to drop 48 points or something, something crazy like that. He's in historic, um, you know, groups with the play he's played. And and there was no adjustments for him yesterday. I mean, you saw him hit that shimmy in there. I mean, they, the, the Hawks or the Bucks are going to have to really, um, you know, change change their game plan. They had no way of stopping him. And this Atlanta Hawks team, I mean, I think this Hawks team, you look at their wingers. I mean, they got Bogdanovich, Herter. Those guys are very good shooters. And then you look in the paint, though. John Collins, Clint Capella, these guys combined for 34 rebounds, like you said. They're great on the glass. John Collins especially can, you know, hit perimeter shots. Clint Capella is one of the best rebounders in the league. I mean, this team all around is so good. They have a good bench with Gallinari, Lou Will. I mean, this team, it really is surprising how many people doubted them as, you know, wrote them off. This was, I read something today that this team was the the 14th 14th out of 15th last year in the Eastern Conference in terms of where they finished. And now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals up 1-0 on Giannis and the Bucs. I mean, that's crazy. Trey Young really has established himself as one of those best players uh, age 25 and under. And I think, you know, that, that Luka Doncic trade, which people were saying, oh, the Mavericks won. All of a sudden, Trey Young has, has flipped that script these playoffs and, and you know, has said, hey, I'm, I'm one of the best players in this league too. And my team is making it further than Luka's over there. Obviously, has had a way better team built around him and great head coach, Nate McMillan, who likely will be uh, being extended this offseason. He'll be staying in Atlanta. So it's going to be super fun to see. But Atlanta, man, this is the kind of team I, I've, I've started to root for. I, I, I've kind of liked watching them the whole playoffs. It's a fun team to watch, and uh, I'm really rooting for their success. Um, and we'll see if they can upset the Bucs. They obviously won game one in Milwaukee, so it's a good start. Amazing start, and I think the conference finals right now have been amazing. We didn't expect the Suns to be here. You didn't expect the Hawks to be here. You didn't really expect the Bucks to beat the Nets and end up where they are now. So – uh, the way that the NBA playoffs have uh, unfolded this season have been amazing, and I'm expecting even better things in the next few games uh, and for the rest of the season, rest of the playoffs. So I guess with that, we could wrap things up here on Outside the Arena. Please make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe to not only this channel, but our other channel, OTA Clips, where we post shorter um more breaking news type clips. We did uh, some NBA stuff the other week. We did some Julio Jones stuff over there. And last week we did an interview with the NFL fantasy football expert. So go make sure you watch that. And if you guys want to come on outside there or OTA clips, excuse me, uh, just come talk, talk sports, whatever it may be. 
please follow us and reach out to us on Instagram. That will be the easiest place to do so. My Instagram is Mac.Rommel. Griffin's Instagram is Griffin Senek. And our podcast Instagram is outside the arena podcast. And then also, if you guys don't like watching or don't have the time to watch a video, a YouTube video uh, for a podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It is outside the arena on there. So you could just pull it up on your phone, listen to it on Bluetooth, whatever it may be. It will be an easier way to listen to our content. As always, thank you all for watching and we'll see you all next week.